If you'll turn in your pew Bibles to uh, page 575-576. Our Old Testament reading this morning is from Psalm 16. But first, let's go to the Lord and ask for illumination. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, your word I have treasured in my heart that may not sin against you. Thank you that we have your word and that it is powerful. It is a living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. As we come before you to read your word, help us to take it to heart that we might be conformed to your image. Open our eyes, ears, and hearts that through your word our lives might be changed. For indeed we want more than information We seek transformation. In your Holy Son's name we pray. Amen. Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after Another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lions have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is in my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand, our pleasures forevermore. Ladies and gentlemen, First Press Productions presents You've Been Audited. Yeah, hello. Oh, hey, hey, honey, listen, uh, I'll be home a little bit late. Yeah, I've, I've got to go to the IRS office. No, I, I think I'm being audited. No, don't worry about that. No, no, we're in, we're in fine shape. I, it's, well, I really don't know. It's, I don't know, it's way out in the boonies. I, it's something, it's remote. Nah, don't worry about it. Everything's in order. You know, you do, you, you, you take good care of me, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Who loves you more? Yeah, that me. Okay, I'll be home when I can. Okay, bye. Finally. Welcome, sir. Come oh. in. Well, hi, hi. Uh, yeah, I, I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm Mr. Good. Uh, I've been summoned down here for an audit. Uh, are you Ben? Ben Good? I, I've been good. I, it's some kind of, yeah. Well, you know, there must be some kind of mistake. Oh, no, there, there's no mistake. I know who you are. I'm Ivan. I'm Ivan Watching. Ivan Watching. Okay, good. And, and there's no mistake, sir. 
Uh, listen, I have never been in trouble with, with, with the Internal Revenue Service oh, or the look, IRS. Oh, no, sir. This is not the IRS. You've got that all wrong. This is something more important. This is the ERS, the Eternal ERS. Readiness Service. It is. So this isn't the Internal Revenue Service run by the government? Oh, no, no. We, we, we appeal to a much higher authority. We're not worried about your finances. We're worried about your spiritual condition, your eternal readiness. <laughs> so, so you're out here to audit my finances? <laughs> Ooh, that's a relief. <laughs> uh, well, sir, we're actually more worried about your spiritual condition. This is a matter of life and death. We want to alert you to some large deficits we see trending on your charts. What? No. <laughs> so, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Get it, Ben. Good. That's hilarious. Sit down, sir. Oh. Let's get to business. Okay. <clears throat> Let's just look at your life a little bit. If you see on this chart, as far as your relationship with God, uh, the Lord of the universe, how would you say you're trending with God? Uh, the, uh, well, uh, it, it's good. So you mean like, oh, I got, I got what you got. Yes. I got what you get. Let me, let me show you a couple of things here. All right. Uh, I'm doing good. I, I, I'll do some service. Uh, Shriner's badge. Shriner's badge right here. Got that? Good. Okay. Good. Shriner's, uh, Kiwanis Club pin. Nice. Got it? Not, not oh. like that. Okay, here we go. Woo. <laughs> Picture of the Boy Scout troop I lead. I'm looking good. They I'm look looking hungry good. They're, they're, uh, hungry? They're not hungry. Okay. My wife's president of the Junior Legionnaires. Uh, you you mean Junior League, sir? Yeah, well, um, well, well yeah. that's not. It's yeah. not quite what we're looking for, sir. You've got you've still got some major deficits here. I'm sorry. We're uh, looking for. He's looking for more than that. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Ah, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. You want? Uh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. This will be good. This will be good. Okay. You want some of that religious stuff? Okay, here we go. Usher's badge. First Presbyterian Usher's badge. Okay, there you go. Okay, there we go. Great uh, program from the Easter service. Got that. Been oh, there. Eight thirty, sir. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Hey, eleven. And yeah, there's some. Yeah, two. You must have needed Presbyterians. That. We got it down right. Okay. This is my favorite. The lesson from the Murray Gossett Memorial Men's Bible Study. Yeah. I, I didn't realize he was no longer with us. That's well, yeah, yeah. A, the big one. What you got there? The receipt from buying donuts for the men's Sunday school class. We call ourselves the buffs. The buffs? Yeah, the buffs. Boys unable to fight fat. Oh, well. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Get that? Sir, sir, you're just showing a major deficit as far as your relationship with God. This stuff is not cutting it. Uh, Bible verses. Bible verses, good, good. Okay. I got them. I keep them next to me. I know them by heart. That's why I'm going to read them off to you. All right. (laughs) All right. One of my favorites. Lord helps those who help themselves. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, second hesitations. Cleanliness next to godliness. If you want something done right, do it yourself. First calamity, 315. When the tough get going, the going get tough. Just do it. <laughs> Here's one. Player's going to play, hater's going to hate, so just shake it off. Yeah. Uh, sir, those are not Bible verses, I'm afraid. Well, maybe not in your Bible. Well, anyway. Uh, I do really know one by heart. It's my favorite. A memory uh, verse. Yeah, uh, it's a memory verse. John, 
John, uh, what was that? So you got it memorized. John eleven thirty five, Jesus wept. Oh well, that's impressive. Uh, but uh, sir, you're just you're just not trending well. You're not you're not doing well at all. You're you're, you're lacking on your relationship with God. Well, uh, man, what else does he want? Money, money, money. Got it. <laughs> I came to the IRS. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. Okay. Listen. Take a look here. Ten, we tied ten percent. Actually figured it out. We're tithing ten point two percent. We got this down right. Okay. Look, listen. On Wednesdays, I had to give up my grande caramel mocha macchiato with two shots. That's tough on me. You know, like that. And and look here. Navigators for young athletes for life. We give a lot to that. Sir, that, yeah. that's, that's not what he's about. That's not what he's looking for. What, you're not getting this. You're, you're, you're uh, okay, uh, service projects? Uh, let's see. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's take a look here. Let's take a look. look. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, <laughs> okay, we, uh, we uh, uh, worked on that uh, Snacks for Humanity dealy. Uh, we worked on, uh, we went to the opportunity for children to have a better home food bank fundraiser thing. Thanksgiving, took a turkey to these people. They lived way out. I, I don't know. Nobody was home. We kind of left it on the porch. It's kind of getting dark. It's scary. But, uh, you know, is that, is that looking good? No, sir. I, I'm sorry. He's, he's looking for something. He's, he's looking for more than that. Uh, okay. I think you know. Uh, okay, okay. All right, I got it. Okay, uh, here we go. Um, okay, look. Here we go. Here's my cigarettes. I've been trying to quit for years. Take those. That's a good idea, but... Here's my flask. A little nip to get me through the day. Looks, okay, I'll wait on that. Looks like more than a nip. Uh, uh, uh. Depends on what you call a nip. All right, here we go. Uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Okay. Let's just, Short, yeah, that's okay. great. Fine. Uh, let's see. What else got here? Okay, internet password for that other stuff. Yeah, the other stuff. No, you know, that, no, don't want no, that one? Okay, don't want to touch that one? Okay, fine. Is that, a, is that enough? Uh, okay, 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 I got it. Okay, I will... Um, Apologize to my neighbor for yelling at his kids for running over my rose bushes. Um, let's see. I will. Um, I'll quit taking office supplies. I'll quit taking office supplies home. It's not really stealing. If I uh, never mind. Um, oh, <laughs> and that lady that I made that gesture to the yesterday when she cut me off. Like your, like your number one or something? Like, well, yeah, number one. That's, uh, I don't no, think sir, I can find sir, her. Did, 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 again, these are all good things. This is the right thing, but it's not going to make you right with God. It's just, you're not getting this. Okay. He wants me to be a fanatic? I'll be a fanatic. Okay, yeah, whoa, whoa, look here. Repent. Pray, you pagans. Pray, you pagans. Turn or burn. Sanctify. French fry. That's what we're talking. Baptize or vaporize. Sir. That's sir, what. Sir, sir, no, what? No, no, what? no, sir. They're, really, sir. That is not necessary or effective. It's frightening, as a matter of fact. I like the vaporized. Yeah, that's cute. Tough uh, crap. Just, tough crap. You're not getting it, sir. Uh, uh, we've got a problem. Uh, oh, uh, what? what 
okay, look, what else does he want me to do? I have given my, my, my work, my, uh, my, my time, my, my effort, my everything. I put my heart into this thing. Wait, what did, what did you just say? I, I'm doing my best. No, no. I'm, I'm giving it a good try. No, that part about your heart. What about my heart? I'm doing my best here. Have you given him your heart? Well, what you mean this thing? Yes. No. The scripture says, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. No, man, he doesn't he want this. It, it, look at this. It's, 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 it's been broken, I, I don't know how many times, and it's, uh, uh, it's scarred. It's ugly. It's... Uh, uh, it, it, it's filthy, man. It's filthy. Now, King David says the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite heart. The, the broken heart he will not despise. That's all he wants. Uh, that's it. That's, that's it. No, man, this thing is cold. It's, it's got some dark places. It's hard. It's, it, look at, man, this is, this, is, this is my heart. Jesus Christ came with his perfect heart and gave his heart on the cross. He died for you so that you can replace that broken heart with his pure heart. He just wants that heart. He'll take it like it is. <laughs> That's all he wants? Yes. That's all he wants? He, he wants my heart? Yes. Man, this is great! Oh, my God! That's it. That's it. That's it. He wants your heart. He, just he wants, wants my heart. heart. He wants my heart. What? Let's give Chuck a hand again for being a part of that. And thanks for... <clears throat> hey, thanks for letting us try that. Just a different way to communicate what it means to after Easter. Our scripture reading today, the follow-up from that, is from the book of Acts. The story of the Ethiopian eunuch. It's on Acts 8, verses 26 to 39. It's on pages 1166 in your pew Bible. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this from Isaiah. Like a sheep he was led to slaughter, like a lamb before its shear is silenced, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, who does the prophet say this, about himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? 
He commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. This is the word of the Lord. So here we are, the week after Easter. What now? What is a great Easter? I mean, services full, great music, chocolate, Easter eggs, kids in dresses and hats. What a great time. What a great Easter. But now, it's the week after. And like the disciples, we say, so what? What now? What do we do? Is that it? Is that all we're going to get all excited about? Someone said that Easter for Christians is like the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl for Christians. The problem is, after that, people think it's the off-season. Well, it's it's not the off-season. In fact, how do we keep that strong commitment, that excitement, that passion that we had last Sunday going on from here out through the spring and the summer? How do we make that a year-long deal? And we talked about that. We prayed about that. Howard's come up with this great series called Right Relationships, that true Christianity, that authentic Christianity doesn't just come by coming in on Easter and, and feeling good and going home. The resurrection changes us, and it changes our relationships. The resurrection should have an impact on our relationships. And we're going to talk about this kind of graphic. Jesus says that what I'm looking for is a right relationship with my Father and a right relationship with other people. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about. You can't be great with God and be the spiritual person and do all these great things. I can't be up here preaching when my wife hates me and my kids can't stand me and my neighbor thinks I'm a jerk and I'm a horrible employee. But I can't be a great with all these people and be wonderful and be a people pleaser. People love me if I'm not right with God. Authentic Christianity, a true follower of Christ, the resurrection makes a difference in our relationship with God and with others. So how are you trending? How are you? Matthew McConaughey says, are you all right, all right, all right with God? As Jimmy Fallon says, are you, how are you trending with God? See, a lawyer came running up to Jesus, and he said, and lawyers, this is not like lawyers today with civil law. This is an expert in the law of the Torah of the Old Testament. And he ran up to Jesus, and he said, what is the greatest of all the commandments? He's trying to trick Jesus. Okay, of all the commandments, what's the, what's the top ones? Let's see what you know. And Jesus says, that's very simple. Matthew 22, 37 through 39, Howard mentioned this, called the Shema. He looked at it very simply and just said this. Here they are. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the first one. And the, that is the great and first commandment. The second one is just like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On this hang the whole law, the whole prophets. Jesus is saying, in these two laws, you can have a vertical relationship with me. The first four are about not taking my name in vain, having no other gods before me, honoring the Sabbath. That's the vertical relationship. And then the rest of the commandments are about our horizontal, how we treat each other. Are we lying? Are we envying? Are we coveting? Are we hating? Are we killing? Are we stealing? Are, are we cheating? That's the fullness of the law. And that's our question. How is your horizontal relationship? And how's your vertical relationship? How's your X and your Y axis if you're a geometry person? And that's what we want to talk about. We're going to start off this week talking about a right relationship with God. And it's challenging to me, and I appreciate the opportunity to tell you what I struggle with. And then the next week, we're going to talk about our spouses, our kids, our neighbors. What does it look like to really be authentic people? The resurrection makes a daily difference in how we are with God and others. And I think the best person, one of the greatest persons in the scriptures to look at is this Ethiopian eunuch. It's after 
the death and the resurrection. The church is just on its way. And we hear about a guy that we don't hear about very often in Scripture, this guy named Philip. Philip is always introducing people to Jesus. And Scripture says that an angel just appears to Philip. And I love this. And he gives him a task, a very simple thing. It's so specific. He says, I want you to go to the south, and I want you to go down here to the road. It's like saying, I want you to go down to I-40 and Bell, and in the donut shop there, there's a guy in a pickup truck. I want you to run up to him and talk to him about Jesus. And Philip goes, and he sees this Ethiopian, this black man from another country, riding in a chariot. And if you look at this guy, you think, he's all right, all right, all right. He's got all the right stuff. He's got to be right with God. Just look at the description of him. We know he's wealthy. He's in a chariot. That'd be like driving a limo through downtown White Deer with gold rims. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's out of place. It's, it's, it, he's got money. He's got a driver. It's a stretch Lexus limo. He's got not two horses but four horsepower. It's, it's amazing. He's wealthy. He's got, he's got enough money to go 1,000 miles from Ethiopia along the Nile, cross, and come to Jerusalem for a vacation. We know he's successful. Scripture says that he's one of the most powerful men in the entire country of Ethiopia. He's the treasurer. They trust him with all the money. He has worked his way to the top. He's royal. He lives in the palace of Candace. Now, Candace is not just one queen. It's like the pharaohs. In Ethiopia, the women were royalty. The queens were called the Candaces. And he is the treasurer. He's in the royal house with Candace. And he, she trusts him with all the queen, trusts him with all the money. But he's also right, not just successful and not just financial. He's right religiously. He's very religious. He has come all the way. He's chased after other gods. He's tried pagan tribal gods in Africa. And he's heard from Jews traveling through the marketway, traveling through Africa. He's heard about this Jehovah. And he's going to try that God. He's very religious. He comes all the way to come to Passover to celebrate with another God because he still wants to get it right. Some of us want him to get out of bed. He goes a thousand miles. And then we know he's devoted. How do we know he's devoted? Scholars tell us that to be a male and to not be of the royal family and to be in the palace working, you had to make the ultimate sacrifice for a man. You had to be castrated. He is a eunuch. He was so committed to being in the house, he had to be castrated. And they did that so you would not intermarry and you would not have children with the royal family and usurp the throne. This guy's devoted. He's doing all the right things. Well, healthy, successful, driven, devoted, loyal, religious. But he's not right with God. It's just still not right enough. He's not trending well with God. He's still looking. He's on his way thinking he'll find it. In Jerusalem during Passover celebrating this Jewish Passover he like others like him who think they're right with God is guilty of what God says in Isaiah and then Jesus says again about the Pharisees the Lord said because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me for the lips their hearts are far from me and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men it looks like he's doing all the right things but he's been chasing the wrong gods He's not right, and he thinks he's going to find that in Jerusalem. He's not got all the right stuff. In fact, he finds out, we learn from scholars, that when he gets to Jerusalem to worship the Passover, in fact, he's got all the wrong stuff. He's the wrong guy. He gets there, and they call him unclean. 
he's a pagan, another man from another race. From another, he's not one of God's chosen elect. They call him unclean or a dog, a Gentile. He's a foreigner. He's excluded. He's an outcast. He's an outsider. He gets to the, to, he gets to the temple and realizes he can't go in. He's excluded because of his background, his race, his color, his faith, or lack of. And also we find that he's unacceptable because of the book of Leviticus says that no castrated male can go into the temple. So after all this doing the right stuff and being the right guy and being devoted, he gets there and he gets turned away. He finds out he's the wrong guy. So what is he going to do? He doesn't have the right stuff. He's got all the wrong stuff. What's going to happen? He's on his way home now. He went up excited. He's going home defeated. He bought or found a papyrus, a roll of scripture. As his driver drives him back with all his glory and all of his money and all the treasures he brought, he's a broken man heading back home. He doesn't have a right relationship with God. And then what happens? God pursues him. He tells Philip to go chase him. And I love this conversation. He's going home, he's reading, and this, all of a sudden this fisherman is running next to his chariot. Hey, what are you reading? Philip must be in great shape because it's hard to talk for me and run at the same time. What are you reading? Well, the book of Isaiah. Do you know what you're reading about? How can I? He's talking about a prophet. What is he talking about? And I love this. He says, get up in here. And Philip, this Jewish fisherman and this Ethiopian royal eunuch are driving in a chariot through the desert. What's wrong with this picture? Nothing. Everything's right about it. And he says, how do I get right with God? And Philip begins to tell him the good news about how Jesus Christ became a man, was born, lived among them, lived with him for three years, and how he did the right thing for us. He ran to the cross. He died on the cross. And he tells this starving, thirsty Ethiopian looking for the right thing that Christ died for him. That though he had no chance with God, though he was excluded and a foreigner, that Jesus Christ died in his place. He does the right thing. And can you see the picture? He gets it. All of a sudden it comes right. His heart feels right. And he stops. He says, wait, there's water. Is there any reason why I can't do the right thing now? And you can see him taking his royal robes off and getting as his, as his entourage watches in surprise and dismay. And he throws all it down and he runs to the water and he's baptized. And when he comes up, he looks over and Philip disappears. That's impressive. But he rejoices because now he knows he's right with God. He has a right relationship. Although he thought he was right and was so wrong, although he thought he was so wrong, he could not get in front of a holy God, Jesus, gave him access through Christ's blood, through the resurrection. He becomes the right person. And history tells us that he goes back. He's the first convert in the continent of Africa. And it's believed he started a revival. Several, several hundreds of years later, Ethiopia becomes a Christian country and stays Christian until the revolt of Haile Selassie in 1972. This man changed a country because he got it right. So what about you and me? Are we right? How's our horizontal How's our vertical? Which one of those Ethiopians do you, which side do you relate to? Are you the guy? Are you the person? Because we live in Bible Belt, West Texas, America, that you have all the right stuff, all the, all the right answers. You're, you're devoted. You're, you're, you're successful. You're wealthy. You're healthy. You're religious. You, you have all the right things going on. You're doing it the right way. 
But would God say, your heart is not with me? Tim Keller says that we say all the right stuff, and we say we believe in God, but we chase after other gods. Scripture says, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you. That word pants in the Hebrew means to run after, to chase down, to hunt, to to thirst, to, to hunger. And the question for us that think we're right with God, what are we chasing after? What are we running after? What do we pant after? Is it God or do we think that we're right because we're good, successful, devoted, wealthy, but still not right? What do you pant for? America's gods, who say we don't have false gods, but we have the triune of money, sex, and power. Do you think you're all right with God, yet your heart is from him? Maybe that's you. That tends to happen to those of us that have always been around the church. We, we fit in, but are we right with God? But maybe, like me and some of us, maybe you're the Ethiopian leaving Jerusalem. Maybe you know what it's like to to have all the wrong stuff, to have done the wrong things, to made all the bad decisions, to destroyed your life through doing wrong things, through running from God. Maybe you're the outsider that just doesn't feel comfortable in church. You always feel kind of like you're on the outside. You're never good enough. You're never pretty enough. Your life was a mess or a shambles, and you could never go to God because you have always done the wrong thing, and you have the wrong stuff, and you're excluded from the family of Christ. When I was in Chiapas, Mexico, preaching mission trips years ago, we would go into these little Catholic churches to preach the gospel, and all the good people, all the upstanding citizens of the little sound would come in, all the religious people would come in, but they'd make the alcoholics and the divorcees and the handicapped and the whores and the drinkers, they'd all stay outside, and they put a speaker so they could hear the gospel. You feel like that person, <laughs> that you're the one on the outside? Maybe that's you. You could never be good enough. So what do we do with this? How do we get the right stuff? Christ tells us in his favorite story, his favorite parable, and we don't have time to go through it, but he has these two, two people. There's the prodigal son. There's not really... The story's kind of inappropriately named. It's really not about one son. It's not about the prodigal son. It's about the loving father and the two sons. There's the elder son over in the left corner who's always done the right thing. He's always been the good kid. He's always been the the pride of the family. He's always shown up at the synagogue. He stayed home. He's the right guy, he thinks. And then there's the wrong son who went away, who spoiled it, who partied, who got so desperate he was eating pig slop. And Jesus says, which one are you? The elder son who always does the right thing or the prodigal son? Because what happens in this story, it's about the father. He loses his son. And when he sees that lost, wrong son turn his heart and come towards home, the scripture says he lifts up his robe like no Jewish man would, and he runs to his son. And he gives him a ring and a reservation and a robe. And he brings him in for a banquet. He brings him in. He's right with his father now. But the good son, who had it all right, refuses to go in. The father pursues him and says, Father, this isn't fair. This isn't right. I've been doing all the right things. And the father says, everything I have is yours. And the son refuses to go in because he thinks he's right enough with God. How do we become the right son? In this story, the right son becomes the wrong and the wrong son becomes the right. What does it look like to be right with God? To have this heart of this particle son. 
David, who looked right and did all the right things, did completely wrong. Murder, adultery, lying, drunkenness. But when he confesses, he says this. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. So what do we do? How do we become this right person? We turn and we run. We run to Jesus. We see that Christ took our broken heart and replaced it with his heart. That he ran to the cross. First he ran to the world to become a man. Then he ran to the cross. And as Tim Keller said, the greatest thing Jesus did was not run to the cross, but when they hung him up there, he stayed. He stayed so that we can now run to his father. See from his head, his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did ever such love and sorrow meet? Or thorns compose so rich a crown? Are you all right, all right with God? What gods are you running after? What are you panting for? Turn your heart toward him and run. Dump the dead gods and run to Jesus through worship, through sacrifice, through meditation, through listening, through the sacraments, through being in his presence. Let's get right with God and hear him say, you're all right, you're all right, you're all right. One of the right things we do in this church is we give and are involved in people's lives through missions. So I'm privileged to introduce Greg Hurst to talk about the right things that God's using him to do. Greg. Greg.